Yep, it's been a while. It's been a while. Jeremy Booth is back. Why Jeremy Booth, where have you been, man? Like every time I check, you're in Louisiana or somewhere. Why has it got to be me that's leaving? You've been busy too. You know, it's, it's, been, it's only been a couple of weeks. You just you've been busy anchoring things. You know, making more things for Emmys. Like you're anchoring busy. things, you make it sound like I'm <laughs> like I'm a like I'm a ship captain. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying, not all. It's not always me leaving. Like I, I'm here. I'm, I got. I got. It's on my priority list. All you know? right. Well, you know, it's funny. We talked on Sports Extra a couple of weeks ago about, or maybe it was last week, about. Know. The Major League Baseball trade deadline, and you said that the Astros wouldn't do anything because you can't trade off the Major League roster. And Jeremy Booth, dare I say, you were wrong because well, they got Kendall Graveman from the Mariners. And for whom did they acquire him for? Two pieces off their Major League roster Abraham Toro and Joe Smith. I don't know how James Click was able to pull that one off. So am, am I wrong because it actually happened or am I, am I, am I right? Because I didn't think somebody was dumb enough to do it. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. And look, I'm sure Jerry DePoto has a plan. Like I, yeah, I'm sure Jerry DePoto has a plan, but I, I don't, uh, good for James Click. Like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta win. That's a win with a capital W. Like I never thought, that someone would do that deal. And I'm not alone because the Mariners players never thought somebody would do that deal, right? Um, the American League West never thought somebody would do that deal. And of all the deals that have gone down as we get closer to the deadline, I think that's the one that blows me out of the water. Like I remember asked a couple of people, I said, wait a minute, let me see if I get this right. One of the best wins of the year for that team, six games back of the team that you trade to, chasing a wild card, and you give up what for who? Like nothing against to that team, nothing against Abraham Toro or anybody in the big leagues. But what are we actually doing? Like, Jerry, Jerry you better go get something else done before it's over because, whoa, like you, you got you to add something else to that bullpen. And the Astros did a a great job. Like it's like Jerry DePoto felt like Christmas was July 26. It's like, you know, I think it's supposed to be December. Let's just move it up five months. Here's your gift Astros. We're going to go ahead and give you Kendall Graveman and the division. How about that? Two things at once, Kendall Graveman and the division and the Astros need it in ways that can't accurately be described. Right now. We'll tell you this. There are players in that work in the organization after that trade happened that said, any chance I get out of here too? Like any chance I get traded? And I don't, uh, I don't know what else to say besides was I technically wrong, Jason? Yeah, I, was, I guess I was technically wrong, but I wouldn't have done that deal. You wouldn't have done that deal. I talked to my neighbor; he wouldn't have done that deal. Like nobody. I asked Bernie the other day. Bernie, would you that deal? He goes. No, I mean, nobody would have done that deal. So, I mean, good for James Click that he got it done. The fact that someone would take Joe Smith off his hands is amazing to me. Joe Smith, one of the nicest, most professional baseball players you will have ever encountered. But 
even he would say that his results have been not good this year. Now, granted, I think he pitched a one, two, three inning in his first appearance for the Mariners against the Astros. And obviously Abraham Toro went deep twice, but man, to give up Joe Smith and to get back Kendall Graveman. Yeah. Jason, we played 162 of these things, not one. Right. So, I mean, good for Joe with the one inning and and nothing to get, look, he's a big leaguer and has been there for a few years and, like, I, I feel bad sometimes when we talk about these guys because they're, like, the best in the planet, you know? Like, you, you got to remember, they're, they're just the best in the planet. And what they do every single day is so difficult to do. Like, you have to respect it. I respect it. Um, I know you respect it. And so, like, when we start breaking these guys down, man, sometimes it's tough because you don't want to – you got to remember who you're talking about. You're still talking about big league baseball players. But that said, um, 162 games. Abraham Toro is going to be a good player. Is he going to be a Alex Bregman? Is he going to be a Kyle Seeger? Is he going to be a Trey Turner? He's going to be a good player, right? And so, you know, he's going to go out and he's going to help Seattle for whatever he can help him for. What that is, we don't we don't know yet. Joe Smith, same thing. I, it's Seattle had turned the corner in a division that was weak. It's a weak division, okay. And while they're not still a, they're not a playoff ready team, and I got to believe either. And I'm gonna I, man, I got to say this. I was really like thinking about this for a little bit, you know, because obviously the Mariners are a former organization of mine and, and, um, and the Astros and, and I have, have this, 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 uh, would you, would you call it love hate relationship? You know, me and Chris gross, you know, we just traded Christmas cards again, you know, it's, it's great. He sent me an email and said, Hey, thanks for all the, yeah. I was like, I know Chris, but you know, back to, back to this part. Well, that um, that's impressive because we are, five months away from Christmas. So that just shows the love, the fact that you guys are exchanging them early. Yeah. It had a nice little graphic on it, on the cover of it. You know, it was good to see Chris was giving me the love. Um, he told me I was number one and I appreciated it. So, you know, when, when you go back to, to Jerry DePoto, either Jerry doesn't have a master plan that he's sure is going to work out. And that's what I would say about that trade. Right. And I, I don't believe that Jerry's scared of the playoffs. I don't believe that Seattle is scared of the playoffs. That city, much like Houston at a certain point, deserves a winner, right? That city deserves a winner. So um, it's just tough to swallow that that's what went down. And, you know, it, with all love to Jason Churchill, who is a big DePoto supporter, we got to let this thing ride a little bit. Let's see what happens by, by Sunday. Right. Let's see what happens by Sunday. On Sunday is the first, I believe. Right. So let's see what happens. I guess it's, it's the trade deadline tomorrow. It's tomorrow. So let's see what happens by tomorrow. Yeah. So the trade deadline is Friday the thirtieth, three p.m. Central, four p.m. Eastern. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting ride to see if they pull something off. Abraham Toro, best case scenario, like a Rich Aurelia, although Rich Aurelia played short. What do you think of that? Bill Miller. Oh, that, that's the one I was thinking of. Gosh darn it. I was going for a San Francisco Giants type yeah. utility guy, and that's who I was thinking. Bill Miller. Gosh that's darn it, Jeremy. And that's a really good player. Yeah. Really good player. And if that's what the Mariners needed, then good. They found something. Toro's going to be a good big leaguer, and, and that's a good player. But it's not it's not Graveman right now in a stretch run when you've you got momentum, you're gaining steam, and you have a chance to, to get to the postseason. So – Either he's scared of the playoffs or he thinks he's got something else he's going to get done. Now, he has made a couple of the deals behind that, and I don't know how impactful they are, um, but there's there's other stuff that he brings in. I mean, the guy's 
traded everybody but his wife. I mean, he trades everybody the entire time he's been in Seattle. He trades them all. And, and he's, he's good at waiver claims and he's good at, at those type of, 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 of transactions. So he's earned the benefit of the doubt to a point. But he better have something up his sleeve. And right now, if I'm James Click, I don't care what that is because I got what I needed from my bullpen with something I can replace. DePoto alluded that he was not done, that he was working on something not wive related. This is no Mike Kikic, uh, Fritz Peterson type of situation. But he did allude that when you look at everything in its totality, when everything is done by the trade deadline, that perhaps um, the Graveman deal will make sense. James Click had actually said that one of his priorities was guys who could get outs, which is obvious. He also wanted to target guys who could get righties out. And another pitcher he got was Yimi Garcia from the Marlins. And and that was a different situation because here you've got a guy with an expiring contract and he gave up Austin Pruitt, who they DFA'd, the Astros DFA'd. And then, uh, you know, a reserve outfielder type De La Cruz. Um, But geez, I mean, Garcia, right-handed hitters hit 227 off him this season. So again, that's another deal I like from the Astros perspective, because listen, I don't think that the Astros starting pitching, despite periods where it's been pretty good. I don't know if it can go toe to toe with some of these other rotations and essentially what they're going to have to rely on is that pen. It's the pen is going to get taxed. Um, or used very heavily, I think, in the postseason. But well, it's like that for every team, I know. But I think the Astros will rely on it, I think, more than some of these other teams that they will see in the playoffs. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back when this is over, and I'm going to look at the accuracy is for, in total of what I'm about to say. But traditionally, good starting pitching, the teams have the better starting pitching when in the postseason, Right. Um, it's, it's, that's, it's not so much the bullpen guys because the bull relievers are volatile as we've talked about, right? Um, Tampa Bay last year, um, is a pretty good example of that to me, they had every bit, bit of the team to beat the Dodgers, um, should have beat the Dodgers and they bullpened their way into the, the number two spot. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you, and you say that and you look at, at back at the Astros this year and, and even what they did in 2019, when you and I were, were in DC and we were following around the world series, um, you know, come back home and they, they threw uh, Harris again, again, and again, and again, they just out threw these guys reliever wise. And, you know, you, you got to stay away from you over for burning these guys out, especially if you don't have anything behind them. So um, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I, I like the fact that James was able to go out there. Click was able to go out there and get some things done that maybe he, in a normal universe doesn't get done, but, you know, in this alternate planet of, how we're making decisions today. He got, got the better for his team. And that's, that's a testament to him. Kept his core intact and um, Kendall Graven's a good one. Put in perspective what the Yankees have done. Because it seems like they stockpile a lot of guys who are alike. I mean, adding Joey Gallo, he reminds me a lot of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Now, they did acquire Anthony Rizzo, but he's not the player he once was, obviously. Um, 
you have a lot of slugging. I'm not going to say one dimensional guys, but let's say one and a half dimensional guys, you know, um, Rizzo is the best pure hitter of the four. Um, I was a time boy made the argument for Stanton. Matter of fact, I remember sitting in the Arizona hotel debating with some long-term longtime scouts and half the room took Mike Trout and the other half took Stanton and the half that took Stanton was, was clearly not correct. Right. Um, and how that bore out, but uh, the Yankees are adding the right type. Well, first of all, they added two left-handed hitters to hit in that ballpark, and that's going to help. Um, all you have to do in that new Yankee stadium is get the ball remotely in the air, and it's gone. I mean, I think the fence says, what's it say, 320 on it, 312, 314, something like that, and it feels it plays like it's 215. Like, it's 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 just it's a shallow ball carries, like pop it up in the air and it's gone type ballpark. So from that standpoint, getting two guys that can pull the baseball – um, doesn't hurt their yard. The problem you've got is is one of the was one that you've had in this game as a whole, but also one that you've had over time with different teams. Going back to the Baltimore Orioles of, of, of uh, Earl Weaver's day, and that is if you put too many strikeouts together, eventually that's going to catch up. And man, that's a lot of case. That's just a lot of case. You know, Gallo and, and and is enough for a team by himself. And 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 Stanton, same thing. And Judge. It's like 800 strikeouts. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's how do you do that in the course of a year? You have a whole second half to play. And if you add in Rizzo, he's going to cut that down some too, but man, he's going to swing and miss also. It's the bat speed's different and, and the reaction's different. I mean, if you, the second half of the year, these guys can easily, easily give you 500 to 600 strikeouts between them in today's rates, right? Not like it was five years ago. And the, the last team I remember, I truly was able to watch that did that was the Milwaukee Brewers of, two, of like 2002. And you know, 2001, and you had what you had check this out. You had Jeremy Burnitz, <laughs> you had Jeff Jenkins, you had Richie Sexton, you had uh, Jose Hernandez. Um, where's the contact? Like, where, where, I mean, that's just that's like you know, it's swinging a miss and swinging a miss and swinging a miss. So, I, you know, I, it's just it's a lot of K's, and, and the Yankees are Gary Sanchez is in that lineup. That's a lot of K's, Luke Voigt's in that lineup. That's a lot of – like, what are you doing? Like, that's a lot of strikeouts. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that's seven guys we just went down the list on, right, or six. Who is – who? how about this? Who's playing that isn't going to strike out? Is Gleyber Torres – is he going to make consistent contact? Is that going to happen? Um, who am I missing? Hicks, Aaron Hicks, he's going to swing and miss. Well, I, the, the reigning MVP, but – Well, okay. So, one guy? DJ LeMay, who makes consistent contact, and that's just what he does. There are other guys, eight other dudes we just talked about. It's like you have a fan at home plate and just whiffing. And especially, and especially in the postseason where they're going to get reliever after reliever after reliever, and it's all about, as you've pointed out in the past, making guys uncomfortable in the box. And that's one of the reasons why they throw relievers out there. Also, uh, the Nationals are – fire sale Kyle Schwarber is now heading to the to the Red Sox but uh the big deal reportedly is Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers man so you know why Scherzer's okay in the Dodgers there's one reason he won't tell you I'll tell you uh that's a good one let me think about that it's close to his agent Mm, I didn't think about that one, but the, the two, there's two. Number one, they're the, they might be the best team on the, in the universe. Like they're, this is loaded up. Okay. Um, but the second reason is because let's go back again to 2019 
and you and I were in Washington, D.C., and we go out to the field, and all of a sudden, Scherzer's supposed to pitch that night, and he ain't throwing. Remember that? He can't pitch, okay? And he's got to get on a plane. When I said to you, this is going back to Houston, something's up, right? Okay, fine. So he can't pitch. We go back to Houston. Scherzer all of a sudden comes out for game seven. New guy. He's ready to go. We're talking about before the game. August 98, he had a doctor. The doctor's name is Dr. Keith Pine. I've been fortunate enough to get to know Keith a little bit. Okay, we're going to do the best we can to add him into stuff. Raul Abania has introduced me to him. We're going to bring some, bring him into what we do. Keith Pine got Max Scherzer ready to go, got him healthy and ready to pitch. After 2019, Keith Pine joined the Los Angeles Dodgers because of his relationship with Raul Abanez, who's now in the commissioner's office. At the time, Raul was a special assistant to Friedman in L.A. Max Scherzer knows if anything goes wrong, Dr. Keith Pine is in L.A. That's the guy that got him right, Okay. I don't know what the connection is, but that other besides that, but that's why he's out there. And if I'm Max Scherzer and I'm in this part of my career and I'm there to win a World Series, yeah, I want that guy around me too. Man, and think of the money that they I mean, the money that they shelled out for Bauer and everybody else, and and now they add Scherzer and Trey Turner. Mm. Show me the outs in that lineup. Show yeah. me this. Like, I mean, there's no place to play Gavin Lux. There's no place to play him. I mean, he's something if they really wanted to. And Scherzer's the guy that replaces Bauer, right? Because you got to figure, you know, Bauer probably – I say this with no predisposed notion of what's going to happen, might never see a field again, okay? Bauer just may, might be done. And if, and if he does, it's definitely not with the Dodgers, okay? So – um you know, he's Bauer's been a toxic person. Okay, th- you know what? I'm just going to say it. Bauer has been a toxic personality everywhere he's gone. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, he's that way in college. He was that way in Cleveland. He was that way in Arizona. He was that way in um, um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You know, which is weird because him and Kyle Bodie, they're really easy to get along with, both those guys. Those, they're not toxic at all. Anyway, so, you know, then he goes to L.A. and, and those guys, like, just get out of here. You know, get that, they don't want anything to do with him. And so this, this happens. Scherzer plugs in into his spot because beginning of the year we were saying what Kershaw, uh, Bauer, you know the whole rotation they had. And now you got Scherzer. They Gavin Lux is something that somebody's going to want. Somebody's going to want him. Um, that might be something to go. You know, I'm not. And this is a bad example, but if the Rockies were looking to rebuild, you know, they want to move Trevor Story, and he wanted to. You know, you could do something there. You can send Lux to Texas for whatever they have on their roster. You can send Lux to. Um, Oak, Oakland for whatever they've got on their roster, right? They're making some deals. You can send them to the East Coast. Any everybody's going to want Gavin Lux, so um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see what they do there. They have another chip that's a pretty good one, um, you know, that, that they could probably use, you know, later on down the line. You're getting ready for Fenway, aren't you? I am. You've have you you've picked the best of the best to represent the U.S. and the world at your Future Star Series event. Am I correct? I would say this. I look at it this way, and I, I've I've been doing this long enough from an evaluation standpoint. With to say it this way, and and I'm I'm really proud of what is coming, not just for Fenway, but the developmental side of what we're about to do with Becky and and Keith and Buddy Bianca Lana and some of these, these experts. Whoa, whoa, back up, back up, back up. 
Give us full names here. Becky Twombly, uh, dietitian for the Lakers and Angels. Um, you know, very exclusive with some of the things that we're doing there. Um, you know, Keith Pine, we just talked about. Buddy Bianca Lana does something mentally with getting played people into the zone and how to channel that and be more consistent. Um, I'm excited for, for some of the, the stuff we're doing there, remote-wise, some of the diet and nutrition and leading into these events to help these kids, um, you know, make the most out of, of who they are. I, I'll say this. Um, <clears throat> it's a big planet. We have some very, very good players. Um, and from a business side of things, which is not how I try to look at this, I try to remember these good baseball players, these are kids. Um, we're scaring some people. We're scaring the people into threatening players to not come to our events. Hey, don't do this because if you do, if you do that, we'll, if you got to do that, what's that say about your product? I feel bad for some of these kids, and I'm glad that we're able to give them an opportunity and an outlet um, to do it, uh, to, to move themselves forward. All I wanted to do was get in this and, and disrupt the market. I want to change the game. I want to force people to do things differently. That's been accomplished. Okay, that's been accomplished. So now that we're here, you've got players that when we go to Fenway Park, which is one of the most gratifying experiences I've ever had at any level, is watching these guys to go to Fenway and participate there. Um, it's going to be something that's special. There's really, really, really talented players this year. Um, there's a lot of money on the field and signing bonuses. Uh, we'll create our, a different event for the world kids. So this year is all draft eligible players. Um, you know, especially with the COVID environment, uh, you know, how you do that, visas, make sure we follow the rules. Other groups don't. We're going to follow the MLB rules to make sure we do that right. Um, you know, there's things that there's things that you have to do to, to get that done. But I feel very, very comfortable with the talent. No, I feel excited about the talent that's going to be in Fenway Park. And um, one of the things that's been suggested to me, the talent's so good that if people would stop scaring people and just go straight up is that we take our clubs and we play some of these other groups that are out there, you know, talking a little bit, you know, <clears throat> I'm pretty comfortable with that. I know our guys are comfortable with that. We'll see how that goes. That may actually happen. It may not, but um, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some significant talent that will find its way into the first few rounds of the draft next year. When is the date of the future star series event at Fenway park? October 1st to 3rd. Oh, we got some time to talk about that. Okay. All right. All right. So here's the deal. A little behind the scenes. My battery is getting low. <laughs> it's also 11.33 p.m. at night. It is. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. 